And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Now they give it to Green. Green stutter step. He's through. First down, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, William, run. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. In the backfield, two receivers left, one right. Mayfield back to pass. Looks going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! He got it! He got it! The rookie from Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go! Pumping once, now throwing long down the left side. Slaughter has it. He's going in for a touchdown! The problem won the game! hey ho and what do you know and welcome everybody to another edition of the top dogs i'm your host alex hale um so what happened was we recorded this episode in two parts and the first part uh was me coming clean about my past and why I have been so erratic on social media. Um, I know I've had a lot of people ask me what's up. And I explained it in the first part. Unfortunately, I probably said too much in terms of revealing, if anyone was listening, who the individual could have been. And while I would love to say who this individual was that hurt me, Uh, For the sake of just keeping myself safe, just looking after myself, I will not reveal any more than the story. So that's why I decided uh, to retell the story. Um, So the past few weeks, I've been dealing with... uh, Reliving a lot of trauma in my life. Uh, I was bullied uh, in high school, and I thought it was just bullying. I have recently come to terms with that I was not just bullied. I was abused verbally, physically, and not directly sexually, but to a degree sexually abused as well. Not like in the in terms of what the legal stature is, whatever, but when I explain, I felt like I was violated, like my innocence was violated, and it just felt so wrong. Um, I had a bully growing up. And uh, he was absolutely a nightmare. I had known him for the longest time. I had known him most of my life. Any chance he could, he verbally abused me. I could not tell you how many times he would physically assault me and hurt me. And he actually had plans to kill me. Once we thwarted it, um, 
the school did nothing. I, uh, I also had him tell me numerous times that he would murder me. And I always thought of it as like, you know, I always brushed it off. Now he wouldn't kill me, you know, turns out he actually really did. And on top of it all, the man would, and yeah, it's a man. Sorry. That's all I'll say. He isn't even a man. He was a, he was always a boy. He would flash me. He would just pull down his pants and flash me because I was the guy who couldn't get a date for his life because girls didn't date the autistic kid. And he would just do it and call me gay. I don't know what I did to this kid. I, I always try to treat him with some form of respect, even though he didn't deserve it because that's my nature. And he abused that. And it really in the last few weeks, a lot of this trauma has come back for whatever reason. And I've tried and I've suppressed it for over a decade. And I know I need help. I need serious help. And uh, I don't know how to make these memories go away. I don't know how to live with it. I feel like I have some form of PTSD because of it. Because whenever I'm in a chat with friends or I'm in a conversation, I feel bullied. I, I lash out because I hear him. I hear him mocking me. I hear him saying such hurtful things. I can feel him punching me. I can, I can just see everything all over again. And that's all I see. And I defend myself and I've, I've hurt friends. I have pushed away friends in the last few weeks because of it. I lost a friend of 20 years because I lashed out at him for absolutely no reason other than I was triggered elsewhere and I took it out on him. And I I don't know. I don't know why I did it. And if he's listening, I'm, I'm sorry. That wasn't me talking. That was someone who's been hurt. Someone who's been seriously hurt. And I'm trying to fix myself. I've reached out to people who can't help. And I'm going to get help. And I hope you all understand that if this show takes any form of hiatus in the near future... We are going to fulfill all of our obligations. I don't want anyone to first take this as, oh gosh, they're going away. We're not. Uh, that is the last thing I want. I want to thank everyone who has supported this sh- show and who's listening still and will continue to listen. I love you guys. And the overwhelming response in five episodes of hitting 200 plays and five episodes is just freaking ridiculous i i couldn't believe it you guys are fucking amazing and i love you all
and I know Jack would say the same thing if he were on this, but I'm recording this literally at 1.30 in the morning because I totally forgot to fix this. I just know I need to figure out my life. I need to, I need to move on from this. I need to address this issue that I have had that I have clearly not realized is a bigger problem than I ever thought it was. And I need to attack it head on. But, uh, yeah, my name is Alex Hale. I'm a victim of abuse. Please, if you are being abused in any way, verbally, physically, or God forbid, sexually, say something. Don't suppress it. You're only making yourself worse by suppressing your feelings. Talk to somebody. Talk to a psychologist. Talk to a parent. Talk to a loved one. Somebody. Because I came clean to my my mother about the flashing. She had no idea. She knew about the murder attempt. She did not know about the flashing. She didn't know. I kept that from her my entire life until today. And I think that's when she realized how badly I've been abused. Because I feel in a way, even though he never did anything, my innocence was taken away. And people will say that's guys being guys, but that's, if you knew how much of a bully he was to me, you knew exactly what he was doing. And trust me, uh, there's nothing wrong with any sexuality, but to just imply that I, I'm anything because I, I don't, I haven't gone on a date. It's because I'm autistic. No one goes out with the autistic person. I went on my first date with a woman three months ago. And it would have been better if we had things in common. But, man, it was a damn shame. She was an awesome woman. And I would have loved a second date. But we had nothing in common. It is what it is. And if he saw some of the women I hang around with now and I'm close with, he would be jealous. And he may finally have taken it back or he would crank it up to a level. The verbal abuse, the physical abuse, and in a way, sexual abuse that I went through has affected me for too long and I'm going to get help. And if you need to get help, I recommend if you're dealing with something, don't be afraid to say your story. So with that said, uh, we're going to play part two of this, which is going to coincide simultaneously with this recording. Uh, And we'll go from there. We're going to be talking NFL draft, uh, the Browns, what they do, uh, who are our winners and losers. And we do have a hot take of the week. So we hope you enjoy this episode of the Top Dogs. All right. We are back Uh, again. I had to collect myself. Thank God I needed to. And if you listened, I appreciate you guys letting me say what I needed to say. Um, and the one thing I hope is if you've been abused at all in any way and you are suppressing feelings, don't hide them. 
I've been hiding that for maybe 10 plus years. I've been ignoring it. So I had to, because of his death, I have to address it now. And it was something I wasn't ready for. It was something I never thought I would. I think you have to address it while it's happening and never be afraid to say what exactly they're doing because I, I felt ashamed that, you know, the dude would flash me. He would call me names. He'd constantly beat me up, all this stuff. I was ashamed to tell therapists. Now where I'm at, now, now that I'm much older and wiser, you can't hide that. So I encourage everyone that was listening to that if you feel that you've been abused in any way, talk to somebody and feel free to DM me at the CLE sports guy, because I know what it's like. I know exactly what it's like. So, um, yeah. Okay. Let's get rid of the, get rid of the sad shit and talk about what we're here to talk about, which is the NFL draft, which Thursday night was freaking amazing. I sent you where I was. I couldn't get in, but I got a damn good spot. I stood there for three fucking hours. <laughs> And I had to get the NFL draft jacket, which I got for 50% off somehow. I don't know how that happened. It just rang up wrong. Gotta love when POS systems have errors. It's like, a sweet looking jacket too, by the way. Oh, dude. I put on a, and I looked in the mirror. I was like, why do I look like Al Davis in a <laughs> jacket? And why am I, why do I feel like I have so much freaking swag right now? <laughs> I felt like Al Davis. I was like, fuck yeah, Al Davis just with the draft, baby. You were wearing it Friday night during our live stream. And it oh, was, a little it bit. Was, yeah. It was nice. It was nice. Oh, loved it. And then I got uh, one of those little banners that you get as well. That sent me back a little bit. That that was not cheap. But I was like, the one thing I will complain again about, and number one, it isn't a big complaint, but from like a merchandising standpoint, because I've been in that field, how do you have like – two three shirts that have cleveland on it not a single polo had cleveland on it i would have gotten a polo i love wearing polos and not one had a cleveland nfl draft logo at all now maybe it was because they didn't know if they were going to do it in Cleveland and they planned at the last minute and all the merch was done and there was no time. That makes sense. But I just feel a lot of this stuff was very poorly executed by the NFL. Cleveland did an outstanding job. I think Cleveland needs a proper NFL draft where there actually is no restrictions there is no pandemic. There is nothing. And I urge Roger Goodell to look at this past weekend and either A, come back in the next five, 10 years, because we're still one of the best TV markets for the draft, as always, or B, go to Canton. You deserve a proper NFL draft in Northeast Ohio. We did an outstanding job. Showing up, showing out the largest events since the pandemic. That's Cleveland. We love this thing. We were not afraid to show up and show out. I urge Roger Goodell to look at this past weekend and say we didn't get the most out of Cleveland, nor did we give them anything to really get to remember. We got to come back. And soon. I know every team is supposed to get it. I get that. And I'm for that. 
but do not give Cleveland the short end of the stick like you did because I walked through that whole merch store, barely anything was Cleveland. That's why I ended up picking the banner when I have no freaking space on my wall for it. I just wanted something that said Cleveland NFL draft. I mean, that's just shitty. I mean, I'm not saying they screwed us, but from an NFL standpoint, I think it could have been done better. Well, let's wait and see how they implement Vegas next year. With the draft. If there's merch where they like glitz it up with the Vegas stuff, then we have a much more reason to complain. Yes. But I will say, I think because of the pandemic and everything, they probably didn't do a lot of creative planning going mm-hmm. into this. But all in all, though, Cleveland showed out, especially oh. on Saturday. Perfect weather. The crowd was the crowd was into it every night. Like I, I almost went again yesterday. I just I was so freaking tired and I yeah. couldn't get myself to go. And I would have been I would have been in the 14 days. Yeah. I, I would be able to go down. And I was like, I really want to just set up a new account and go. Yeah. But I I just didn't have it in me after the draft show on Friday night, which again, thank you for everyone who showed up. It was awesome. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we actually stayed all through the second and third round. I was going to end after round two and everybody's like, no, let's keep going. It was like pop in an energy drink. Okay, let's go. Um, but yeah, uh, Cleveland, great job hosting this. Was there ever any doubt? No, there wasn't. Um, but anyways, we're here to go over first off our draft winners and losers. Now we are going to save the Browns for their own segment. Because Jack and I can agree, they freaking nailed this again. I'm literally writing a dogland article of winners and losers where Cleveland again is a winner. Again. And it's a consensus throughout the NFL media too. So Exactly. And again, guess who's a loser? And you want to what? Let's start with our losers. Let's start with the, let's start with the shit. Okay. And I'm actually going to pull it up. Because I'm going to read you guys what I said on the Dogland last year. Last year after the NFL draft um, in terms of winners and losers with the Green Bay Packers. I'm trying to pull up really, really quick on the fly. Here it is. And I'm going over all this. Worst three drafts. Oh, boy. Green Bay Packers were my worst. Here is the first line from last year's article. So when is Aaron Rodgers demanding his trade? (laughs) Do I look like a freaking prophet or what? God, am I good? I mean, and then my next line is, I have no idea what the Packers are doing. So my first line in the article is, so... Aaron Rodgers has demanded a trade and the Packers still have no idea. I still have no idea what the Packers are doing. I legit do not get what their plan was. I feel like they're just throwing shit a wall, seeing if it sticks and they're like, Oh, Rodgers will come back. You know, don't worry about it. It's like Eric Stokes. Not as Tate Samuel. 
I get he's longer and faster, but Eric Stokes, what are you doing? He's not even fluid or instinctive. I, I don't even know what to say. I had a late round two grade on him, and I felt he was going to go early too because there'd be corn, there'd be a run on corners. Little did I know the Packers would go get him and expect him to play a big role on this defense. It's like, what are you doing? To follow that up, they get Josh Myers when Creed Humphreys on the board. What are you doing? Like, I don't even understand what their plan was. And then to go with Amari Rogers, you couldn't have gone Diami Brown at 62 instead. I mean, Rogers is a good player, but I totally agree with you in that like, mindset. What was their in, in the rest of these picks? I mean, the only two I like out of the rest of them are Jamar Jean Charles, Shamar Jean Charles out of Appalachian State, and Kylan Hill out of Mississippi State. The rest, what was their plan? They had no plan. I mean, when he says he wants the GM fired, he's right. Fire his ass. He's done two terrible drafts because last year, all they drafted was, I'm looking at this. So they drafted Jordan Love. He ain't playing. A.J. Dillon, who's only a goal line back in the second round. And your next best pick is John Runyon in the sixth round. I don't even know if the rest of these guys, Josiah DeGuara, I don't even know if he's on the team. That's a third round pick. What are the Packers doing? Like, who? And my last line in that article is Aaron Rodgers might be one of the greatest. Actually, hold on a second. Uh, Last two. I feel like the top of this draft will create problems in the locker room with players fighting for their jobs when they shouldn't be losing them while creating contract negotiating problems. Again, I look like a freaking prophet right now. Aaron Rodgers might be one of the best quarterbacks this generation, but we'll look back at his career asking a lot of what ifs. I did not mean to sound like a prophet a year ago, but I'm a prophet. I, I came down from the mountaintop with uh, the pillars in my hands, with the two uh, blocks of stone in in my hands, Jack, saying, I told you, Green Bay. (laughs) Jack, what what the frick were they doing? I don't know. And I had the Packers as well as one of my three worst drafts. I mean, yeah, Eric Stokes, I mean, he he does show some things on tape, but like you said, he's not as fluid as a, a Greg Newsome that, you know, the Browns ultimately take an Asante Samuel. So, I mean, that one's curious. They have Kevin King and Jair Alexander already. They picked up Alexander's option. I'm pretty sure they're going to resign him. He's best. I one had, of the best corners in the league. So I had a, I had a Packer fan tell yeah. me when they drafted Eric Stokes, we already have Eric Stokes. It's Kevin King. Exactly. And it's like, I don't know what they're doing, bro. Like, I, what, what are you asking me for? Like, I would have picked Samuel and run or Hey, Yeah. But I mean, the Packers, I mean, you look at their draft in addition to the fact that the league MVP and one of the three best quarterbacks in the league said, I'm done with you. I'm not coming back. Fire the GM and I'll come back, but I'm going to the Kentucky Derby with a turd Ferguson badge and I'm going to go enjoy myself. uh, But get me out of town. 
when did the Packers become the Lions running all these players out of their careers? When Ted Thompson. I'm sorry, Lions fans. When Ted Thompson retired, and may he rest in peace. But, I mean, since he's been out, it seems like the Packers are on a, a downward spiral. Yet, they made it to the NFC title game last year. Didn't they make it the year before, too? Um, or they were they were right there, they're, though. They were so, right I mean, there. Like, they're still there, obviously, because you have Aaron Rodgers. You have a bunch of talent on that team. Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Jair Alexander. I could go on, but there's a problem in that organization, and they either need to make some major changes or they're going to go in a downward spiral. I'm not going to disrespect Jordan Love just because I've not seen him on an NFL field yet, and I know people are indifferent about him, but – it's, I like his arm, but I yeah, don't I mean, him. he's got some talent, but it's like he's nothing compared to Aaron Rodgers, which I mean, people were saying this 13 years ago when Favre retired, and people were like, "Well, what's Aaron Rodgers?" They went ahead and drafted Brian Brom when he when Rodgers was still a backup, so that kind of makes you wonder what they thought of him. But they're in a bad spot, and I don't see a, a end result with Aaron Rodgers that's going to be positive for that organization. Nope, and I think it's going very badly. Yep. Um, number two loser and. Again, this is a what the bleep are they doing? I get by talent alone, this could be an A-plus draft. Very well could be. Do the Dallas Cowboys not believe in character? No. I mean, that's apparent. So you go Micah Parsons. Okay. I get that. You trade down first off and get an extra three. And you get Micah Parsons. So you're sitting there, you need secondary. I mean, it's funny, actually, in a way, I need to give Mach 4.0 a little bit of credit too, because I had Arizona going Parsons and then Kelvin Joseph. Can I get myself a half point from Mach 4.0? I somehow got the first two point picks of a team correct. It just wasn't the correct team. Half a point, Alex. So what are we at? Like 12 out of 32 type thing. <laughs> I, I'm really killing this Mach 4.0 shit. By the way, 11 of the 32 uh, players went to their correct teams in Mach 4.0. Don't know how I did it. I got both Baltimore picks, the Browns. I just, wow. Five better than uh, Mel Kuyper. So pat yourself on the back there. Man, I, I wanted to go yesterday because I knew he'd be closer. I'd be like, hey, Mel, why, why is my mock more uh, accurate than yours? Oh, and can I just say real quick? Since can I do your Kuiper, job? <laughs> since we're talking about Kuiper and we haven't even got to the Browns draft, he's the only national media head that gave the Browns a B. Everybody else got gave us an A except Kuiper. Well, Who the hell is Mel Kuiper anyways? I mean, honestly, that's what I wanted to say to his face. <laughs> I wanted to see, I wanted to see what his reaction would be. I wanted to take like a selfie and say, who the hell is Mel Kuyper in anyway? So, and, oh man. Okay. But going back to the Cowboys draft, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Do they have 11 picks? What the frig? So, okay. Parsons is confusing because he has character issues. Calvin Joseph might be more of a rapper than he is a football player. And then you would pick Josh Bell out of Marshall, who has sexual assault allegations and apparently did not answer the question well when asked by the Dallas media. These guys could be uber talented. I, 
And I've said on the show, Kelvin Joseph might be the most talented cornerback in this draft and could be a steal for someone. I get that. Micah Parsons, most talented linebacker, could be a steal for somebody in this draft. There is no denying they are getting talent. And they got Jabril Cox, who I love. But at the end of the day, I don't know if these players stay on the field without character issues or they put in the work necessary to be great. So I'm giving the Cowboys a a loser grade, not because of talent, but because they pick so many guys that have character issues. You know, you can say that in the 2014 draft, the Browns hit it out of the park. You get one of the most athletically talented, gifted corners in Justin Gilbert. And you get one of the most talented quarterbacks in college football in Johnny Manziel. What does that freaking mean? Absolutely nothing. That's why character freaking matters. And to go and pick Josh Ball with those allegations, he shouldn't have been on anyone's board. He shouldn't be allowed in the NFL. I'm sorry. I don't know too much about the allegations, but if that's all true, wow. That, that might be worse than the hockey player who's drafted in the third round who posted racist tweets. And they're both equally bad. But at least when it came out, Phoenix or Arizona cut him immediately. Dallas still has this guy. Everyone knew and they still drafted him. I don't know what Dallas is doing. Who is in our loser for you? Was it Dallas? No, I, I went with Pittsburgh as my second. Okay, that's and, my third. I'll get to it in a minute. Yeah. So this is my thing with Pittsburgh. Like, and before I get to it, Najee Harris, talented running back. Talented. Pat Freemeyer, talented tight end. Um, they did draft some linemen in the third and fourth rounds, and Kendrick Green and Dan Moore, and they may help them down the road, but they needed to address the offensive line and they should have done it early. And you know, while I like running backs. More times than not, first-round running backs do not pan out. And exactly. Najee Harris, he may pan out for them. But – and somebody put up the Steelers, like, depth chart, and you look at their offensive skill positions, they're great. Wide receiver, oh, tight end, running back. Ben Roethlisberger, obviously he's slowing down. He's still a productive NFL quarterback. But the offensive line is in shambles right now. They are banking on – a core of four and I can't even remember who the other tackle is for them right now. And then you have David DeCastro. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. No, no, no. High no, no, no. Offensive line. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, offensive. Yeah. Sorry. Let me uh, pull it up real quick, but like you still have David DeCastro who's good, solid veteran, but you lost Alejandro Villanueva. You lost Marquise, uh, Marquise Pouncey. That that's not good. This offensive line is not good. And, Okay, Zach Banner's their other their right tackle. Ew. Yeah, Ew. yeah. It's just not good. Like they needed to address the offensive line earlier than they did. Um, I just don't like the direction the Pittsburgh went, which is obviously an added bonus for the Browns and Baltimore and even Cincinnati going into 2021. But they could have drafted so much better, not taking away from Harris and Fryermuth because I they Kendrick will probably re- Kendrick Green is really Kendrick good. Green's good but is he gonna contribute right from the start he, he might he, he might not okay um but I I just didn't like the way they went with this draft and 
that's why I have him as one of my three losers. Yeah, I think they addressed the O-line too late. Um, you know, you're, you're picking at 24. Tevin Jenkins is still on the board. Uh, that was the main name. You could have moved up a spot or two to go get Christian Derrishaw, which that would have been a home run pick for you. Um, if they had moved up, hypothetically to, let's say they moved up with Tennessee and gave up, I don't know, 128, 140, and a four next year. Just so I can keep two and three, and I can walk away with, you know, uh, Christian Derrishaw, uh, a running back, not probably Najee Harris, and Pat uh, and and Kendrick Green. Forget Pat Freermuth. I would have been ecstatic if I was a Steeler fan. I had Steeler fans there who were shaking their heads, going like, who is blocking for him? Who is blocking for him? I wish I could have been there night two when they picked Freermuth. I was watching uh, one of my favorite YouTubers uh, afterwards. Um, and his name's Urinating Tree. He's hilarious. He's a Steeler fan. And he, when that pick came in, he's like, it's got to be alignment. It's got to be. When it's Pat Freermuth, he said, why the bleep are you drafting Heath Miller 2.0? You don't need Heath Miller. He doesn't need more weapons. He needs time to throw to the weapons. And I was like, exactly. How's it feel to be the peasants now? So the Steelers, I don't know what they're doing. Um, I just, I legitimately am just shocked at how poorly they address the old line outside of Kendrick Green. Dan Moore, probably a right tackle, but it's not going to be an overnight thing. He's very stiff. Like Miles Garrett is going to, he's going to bully this kid. He's not going to know what to do with him. And he probably knows stories about Miles from AM. He is going to freaking murder this kid. And I do not feel bad for him. Mason Rudolph's going to be the quarterback for the Steelers by week five because Ben's going to get hurt. You didn't learn from the Bengals, you idiots. If you think you have the defense to win and you have the weapons, you got Juju back. Claypool's pretty good. And you have James Washington. Then build a freaking O-line and get a not as good, not a Najee Harris at 55. I'm not going to go through and see who all was available, but like Michael Carter out of uh, North Carolina was available. Uh, He would have been a great addition. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. You could have gone Chuba Hubbard. You could have gone all these other options that were solid picks there. They probably would have been reaches, but they would have been solid picks. And you still would have been able to address your running back position. No harm, no foul. And Wayne Gallman was a free agent. I didn't even realize that. The Giants just let him go and he signed with the 49ers. Why aren't you on the phone with Wayne Gallman? He had a good year for the Giants. Don't force your hand on a goddamn running back. Unless if you filled every other position that you need, do not draft a running back early, period. They, they, they're just losers in my book. Did you have a third one or? Um. I thought about doing the Raiders, but I'm actually going Titans as my third loser. Um, 
three, uh, taking a chance on Caleb Farley round one. Um, I mean, that's, it's bold because of the two back injuries along yeah. with an ACL injury. Um, you know, Dylan ran dues at, at, at 43. It could be a good pick for him. I mean, he, there is some upside to his game. Uh, my thing is they didn't address wide receiver till the fourth round. And they did pick up two Fitzpatrick and McMath, but you lost Corey Davis. You only have AJ Brown. You did lose John U. Smith as well. So, I mean, they only have for sure one receiver to work, to lean on in that offense for Ryan Tannehill. You do have Derrick Henry still. So obviously, you know, they're going to focus on the running the ball, but I felt like they needed to address wide receiver earlier. They didn't, um, they did get Elijah Molden, which I, I thought was a good steal at that pick. Um, I've never heard of Monty Rice. So I don't know what his game brings to the table. So all in all, I did not like this draft. I thought they could have approached it a little better. Um, yeah, I just I think Tennessee kind of took a step backwards in this draft. I'm going to stay in the division for my honorable mention, and that's Houston. Okay, Houston goes Davis Mills at round three, their first pick. I'm just going to say this. You're going on 16 this year. You're taking Sam Howell number one. Why the bleep are you wasting a pick on a guy who's not even going to be your quarterback in a year? Why are you wasting a pick? He's a developmental QB. Everybody knows it. And yet he's going to be your starter most likely. And he's going to be destroyed in a year. Absolutely destroyed. And then you completely overpay. According to one trade value chart, they gave up double the value of the pick to move ahead of the Browns just to get Nico Collins. I love Nico Collins. I think he can be a great wide receiver. Not in Houston because they're going to ruin him. Again, of all the people that does not deserve to go to a shitty team with a shitty coaching staff who whose head coach was the wide receiver coach in Baltimore who barely produced shit. It's Nico Collins. I feel bad for the guy. He's going to do terrible there. And it's not because of him it has nothing to do with Nico. They needed defense. You lost JJ Watt. You have no secondary. You've completely blown up your defense what the heck are you? And then your third pick, you get a value pick. And I love the pick. It's Brevin Jordan. Again, you're not addressing the defense. You're going. Oh, in 16, you are picking Sam Howell. Number one in next year's draft. Why are you doing this? What they did was completely asinine. And stupid. And the McNairs, the, the McNairs need to be banned from the NFL. This is a travesty of football. Like, you thought the 0-16 Browns are, are something. I'm kind of looking forward to the 0-16 Texans. Because, shit, we're going to look great compared to them. Because at least we knew there was hope at the end of the year. There will be no hope in Houston because McNair's won't fire anyone. It's like watching Randy Lerner's Browns all over again. I literally do not know what to say to the Texans, except you are the peasants now. Enjoy it. I'm no longer the peasant. 
I'm not miserable. I feel pity for you because I've been there, but you know what to do. Don't stand by your team. Do the right thing. All right. Now we have our winners, which I have so many honorable mentions. I can't even keep track. Like a lot of teams did well. Obviously, Wombs Cleveland will save that. Okay. We'll save it for its own thing. Um, so you pick three, uh, regular ones and I will pick three non-Cleveland ones that I will talk about. Cause you said you weren't picking Cleveland purposely. So I will start with an off the wall one because I'm not hearing a ton of people say their names. I love what Minnesota did. Absolutely positively love what they did. They trade down from 14, get extra third and fourth round picks, and they still get Christian Derrishaw, a left tackle. How that happens, I don't know, but bravo. Bravo. And then with that first third round pick you got, you take a Kirk Cousins developmental replacement who is perfect. Kellen Mond, who I've compared to Dak. He's going on the same trajectory, productive in college, led his team. He's not flashy, but he does everything well. He reminds me a lot of Dak when he came into the league. Now he can sit behind Kirk Cousins. Then you get a linebacker, Chaz Sherratt, who's really good. Then you get Wyatt Davis, which because of an injury, he falls all the way to round three. This guy was a top 20 pick going into the whole thing. Then you get Janarius Robinson round four. I mean, Amir, Amir Smith-Marset out of Iowa round five. The uber-athletic Zach Davidson, which if they can develop him, creates a two-headed monster. I love what they did with this draft. Absolutely love it. So bravo, Minnesota. Great job. Jack, who do you have? I'm going with Denver. I really like what Denver did. Team. Yeah, I mean, getting Patrick Sertan at nine, you know, there was the rumors Thursday evening um, about a potential Aaron Rodgers trade. They didn't take a quarterback. Obviously, keep an eye on the Denver Broncos over the next couple of months. But getting Sertan was great at pick nine. Obviously, after Carolina takes J.C. Horn, uh, they get Javante Williams at running back at the top of the second round. Pair him up with Melvin Gordon. There's a nice one-two uh, running attack for whoever the quarterback's going to be. Quinn Myers in the late third round um, with a rumored Browns potential target for the interior offensive line. Uh, going to be interesting to see how he develops. Baron Browning at the end of round three. Good, speedy, athletic linebacker. Jamar Johnson in round five. Seth Williams in round six. Jonathan oh. Cooper in round seven. And Kerry Vincent in round seven, corner out of LSU. It's a beautiful draft. It literally is a beautiful draft. Uh, George Payton. I'm I'm still calling him George Patton, damn it. General George, George I don't give a he, damn. I'm calling him George Patton, damn it. <laughs> he killed it. His first draft. I mean, that was great. The they, general. They the added general to the, doing work. They added to the defense, which was already good with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller both coming back from injuries. Um, they had they added um Fuller and free agency. They re-signed Justin Simmons. Like Denver is going to be a sneaky team in the AFC, especially if they trade for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I was about to say if they trade for Aaron Rodgers, Super Bowl contender. Oh, they're the favorites to win the AFC. Yeah, and I will hate John Elway forever. Oh, for sure. That AFC West would be so fun to watch with Herbert, Mahomes, and Rodgers. 
But yeah, Denver knocked it out of the Can park. Can you please shame the Carolina so I don't have to do them until the Super Bowl? God damn it. <laughs> I'd like to actually go to a Super Bowl, John Elway. Will you please just go away for once? <laughs> I hate you with all my heart. Maybe it's the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to knock them off. I don't know anymore. Um, because you went Denver, I'm going to go with one of my honorable mentions. Um, man, I thought they were not going to do well after the trade up. Chicago kind of nailed it. Chicago kind of nailed it. They went up and got Justin Fields. Now, do I have questions on him? Yes, I still do. Do I think, uh, that O-line really has to be revamped? Yes. And they went up and got Tevin Jenkins, which I was like, okay, you're serious about this. Bravo. You learned your lesson. But it wasn't even just that. You get Khalil Herbert in the sixth round, which I like David Montgomery. I don't think he's the guy. So to get another back to put pressure on him is perfect. Um, Daz Newsome, a solid receiver to add to that core. Thomas Graham, another talented corner to just throw back there for depth. And Kyrus Tonga, the leader of the BYU defense to help out the interior D-line. I have no problems with this draft at all. And yeah, you gave up a one next year, but like if Justin Fields pans out, the Bears are going to be a problem in the NFC North. So they went all in and they nailed their picks. So bravo, Chicago. Jack, who else you got? Uh, I like what Detroit did. I like you know, they get in Panay Sewell at um, pick seven. Great pick for him. Beefs up the offensive line. Uh, you're going to have him and Taylor Decker as your bookend tackles. That's great for an offensive line Ooh. that allowed the 10th most sacks in the league last year. Um, getting on Zurique. Oh, getting Levi Anwuzurike. and McNeil, the two defensive tackles. Great. E2 Melifamu, Ross St. Brown, Derek Barnes, Jamar yes. Jefferson. Like, wow. It's a great draft wow. for Detroit. Wow. Like they're going in the right direction. We'll see how Jared Goff pans out, pans out for them. Um, I don't remember. I think it was Levi. He had a quote, which completely fits. Oh, yeah, I read it. I read, Dan, it. I read it. I read it. Dan Campbell, you know, Dan Campbell talked about biting people's ankles, and Levi said he dislikes fucking people up. Like, <laughs> that seems to be a Campbell type of player, but all in all, Detroit with a great draft. Uh, interested to see how they go with Jared Goff as their quarterback, though. Yeah. Um, actually, I was going to go Washington. But I just forgot about one team in general because I know Mac Jones isn't the greatest in terms of just what he's supposed to be. But New England nailed this draft again. So you go get Mac Jones. Awesome. Fits the scheme to a T of yes. what they want. I have all the confidence he'll at least be a solid to good starting quarterback in the NFL in this system. Christian Barmore round two, you go up and you go get him. Oh my God. The coachability concerns are erased now because if Bill can't coach him up, nobody can. So he has no excuses. Then you get Ronnie Perkins to help you on the edge. Ramondre Stevenson was great at Oklahoma offers a dual threat running back to them, which they love 
Cameron McGrome falls to round five. And one of my favorite linemen in the late rounds, William Sherman. Just an unbelievable draft for them. And if Mac Jones pans out, I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but they're going to be a wildcard contender next year. They'll be back. The hoodie will be back. He ain't messing around anymore. So New England does a great job here as well. And Jack, who is your third team? I think you've said two so far. Yeah, I, I say Jacksonville. I like what Jacksonville did. My only uh, gripe with them was Luke Farrell in the fifth round. They could have had Brevin Jordan, which obviously was a better prospect coming out, but I get Urban's uh, affection for Buckeyes. Obviously, Luke Farrell was there when Urban was there. But you look, you got Trevor Lawrence, the best prospect in the draft. You got Travis Etienne, who they're saying is a third down back, but I'm pretty sure he's going to outshine Carlos Hyde and become a one-two punch with with James Robinson. Tyson Campbell was a bit of a reach, but I see the talent. Uh, Walker Little in the second round, they moved up. I'm worried about that pick. I feel that was a major reach. Talent-wise, he's a top-ten pick. Yeah, There's no doubt about it. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And, 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 and that, that's a reach. Honestly. And it's a reach. There's no doubt about it. But you see the talent there. PFF loves Walker Little. I would so, try to get Tevin Jenkins. But <clears throat> just me. That's fair. Andre Cisco in the third round. Jay Tufili in the fourth round. All, and then Jalen Camp looking at his numbers and stuff. That could be a steal in the sixth round. I like round. Jordan Smith too out of UAB. Okay. I don't know a lot about Jordan Smith. So I was hoping oh, you would provide some context. Yeah. But. Back-to-back uh, seasons of 90 plus PFF pass rushing grades. Okay. So he's like yeah. a Jordan Elliott type prospect yeah. in the middle rounds. Yeah. Oh, but all in all, love Jacksonville. Uh, you know, obviously I'm going to watch them closely because I love Urban Meyer, uh, but they added some talent for sure. We'll see how they go. And it, I do wonder because they now have Trevor Lawrence in the fold, what are they going to do with, um, and his name's escaping me at the moment. Why am I drawing a blank? Gardner Minshew. Let's see oh, what they, yeah. is he going to be the backup quarterback? Does he become a trade chip? I mean, Let's see what happens with Minshew because they, they might say that these two are going to compete for the starting job. Trevor Lawrence. Trade, him, just... trade him to Washington. I okay. Need, I need a Minshew <laughs> Patrick quarterback room. The bleeping swag out of that locker room. Oh my God. I mean, women in DC won't be able to control themselves from swooning. The swag will just be, honestly, it's going to be like two seventies porn stars, you know, coming out to the football field every game. Just get the, get the seventies porn music playing whenever they come out, you know, just do it. Just do it. I'm here for it. It, Man, the stash and the beard, the stash and the beard. I like it. Do it. I need this. And I need a freaking shirt of it. But going back to Jacksonville real quick. Alex, they got one of the most underrated offenses in the AFC on paper right now. Trevor Lawrence, James Robinson, and Travis Etienne at running back. Then at wide receiver, they got DJ Chark, D.D. Westbrook. I mean, that offense looks so good. If their offensive line can stabilize, look out for the Jaguars here in the next couple years. Not saying this year in 2021, but... Exactly. And if Urban pans out, like... Obviously, we know about Urban's health and everything, but their offensive coordinator, whose name is oh Darren or Daryl Bevel. I mean, he's got a track record of success. He's okay. He's okay, <laughs> but I mean, the weapons are there. Like 
he can't screw it up, I would think. And they got some pieces on defense too. So yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. Um, okay, so that leaves one team in particular uh, that we have not talked about. Your Cleveland Browns had yes, a draft sir. that was is it just me or is is Andrew Barry just playing 3D chess with everybody and just take him to freaking school? Dude. He's a machine this weekend. How did he know? Greg Newsom was going to move up uh, all the way to 26. Like how yeah. did he know I, and I, we said this on the draft show on Friday, it was around pick ooh, 16. I started to get nervous. I was like, this is the one spot where I think he could go. And if he goes, Oh God, they're, they're going to try to move up and get like a Farley or they're just going to pick JOK at 26, which I'm not going to be pleased about because I felt like, and by all reports, had um, had he been off the board, it was JOK at 26. So that means you would have had to move up to go get an Asante Samuel type later on, which the corners were going quick in round two. So the Browns could have walked out with no corners that would have even fit what they were looking for. So somehow Greg Newsom doesn't go 16. And that's when I started thinking this is real. This he's going to slip. And I'm kind of like standing there going like, okay, 17, no, 18, no, 19. Absolutely not. 20 is New York. No, that's at your wide out 21. Yeah, maybe depends on the board. 22, I think that's Farley, which I somehow got that right in my mock. 23, I, I looked at uh at that point it was Minnesota. I said no, and I said Jacksonville, no, because that's more than likely Mo Rig or something. So I was like, only 21 scares me, and I'm not scared of them taking him. And that's when I just started believing he'd fall and it was in the Dogland group chat where Jack Duffin, he said, okay, here's the next three picks. One was three picks away, and he got all three right. And we were all like, okay, so this is happening. Uh, and I'm like, if they take JOK here, I'm going to be really pissed. Like, you have to take Newsom when they got him. I was like, wow, how, how, how did that happen? I don't know, man. That was, I would like you, like when we get within 10 picks, I start to get nervous just because I'm worried. And, and like, JC Horn went eight. Yeah. So I thought we were screwed. Oh, I thought we, when Carolina took Horn, I was like, man, this is, could go, this could blow up in our face. And in Sertan goes nine, which I'm like, oh no, they're going to have to move up to get them. Yeah. I was like, no, don't do this to me. And the more and more I did not, and my only saving grace was Fields was falling along with Matt. So I'm like, somebody's getting pushed down. Who is it? Is it Morig? Is it Newsom? Is it JOK? Who is the guy that's getting pushed down? Turned out to be both JOK and Newsom and Mo. It turned out to be all three. Yeah. It turned out to be all three were getting pushed down because of this. So to get Greg Newsom number 26. Unfreaking believable, but that was only the start of this. Yeah. Because JOK started falling, free falling. He's free, free falling. And all of a sudden, we're sitting here on our draft show and we're like, there's no way he falls all the way. And there's even no, Matt, 
And even during that time, Matt Miller tweeted, like, this is why JOK is falling because he's he a has no position. He's too yeah. small. It, yeah. it, see, a Simmons. It's like, but he's a baller. I'm like, somebody's got to see this and know how to use them. It, it, again, it's scheme. You got to know yeah. how to use them. And we were getting nervous then, too, because Pittsburgh's right in front of us. Yep. And, and they I think, would, they and would Jeremy be. Fowler said the Steelers like JOK. We're all like, oh, shit. Like, well, honestly, if they if they had gone JOK, I wouldn't have been. I would have been like, darn, I wouldn't have been mad. And yeah, he, but no, here's why: because they're not addressing the O line again. True, but their defense, man, is already good. I, yeah, and you want to know what we put? How many points up against? The, I know, the, I know. In the wild card, I know. Your defense can be so good, but if you don't have an O line to build momentum for your offense what the fuck are you doing this is true you've got nothing so take jok i know I, I said that i don't care i'm not afraid of you take him. take this guy because i don't think you know how to use them because you your safety positions are filled your mill linebacker positions are filled you're only taking them because cleveland won't get them you're terrified if we got them what would happen that's the only reason you're taking them is so we couldn't. That's a terrible reason to take a player. And when we moved up, I I knew what it was. I wanted Terrace Marshall, but I knew what it was. Yeah. And I was fine with it. I was yeah. perfectly fine with it. Do I say linebackers don't matter? Yes, because they don't matter. But he's not a true linebacker. He's a hybrid. So he matters. He's a defensive weapon. I mean, he's going to be. Yes. Just like Jabril Peppers was a safety who played like a linebacker. JOK is a linebacker that plays like a safety. Yeah. He's the opposite. Did you see that clip rotating around Friday night, Saturday morning of him covering Devontae Smith? Yes. And people were saying, no, he got burned now. And I think it was Jake Burns or somebody. I think it was. Yeah. He he broke it down, which it makes sense. No, he knows the safeties up top. He doesn't need to be toe for toe with them. He has to recover, which he does when the safety goes the other way. Yeah. So it was beautiful. It was beautiful coverage. He's a linebacker that plays like a safety. And he's wearing number 28. So that kind of tells you what safety. Yep. Although everybody could wear pretty much any number now. So I know, but he he's going to be used more safety. Oh, yeah. Linebacker. We're going to see a lot of dime. They've been Joe Woods said that last week. On Brown I'm State. not opposed to that. Me neither. Especially with everything we got on that defense. Exactly. Now. Like, oh, my God. I cannot wait. And guess what, <laughs> folks? We've only talked about two picks. The third pick, which was the one I had said after Terrace Marshall and Nico Collins were gone, I said, this is the guy you go get. And Diami Brown. Yeah, Diami Brown was gone too. I knew he yeah. wouldn't make it to 91. If he had made it to 91, I would have sprinted. And I, I think the Browns would have taken him there. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. And it's Anthony Schwartz, the fastest wide receiver in the draft, a track guy. I know a lot of people are saying, well, he's not a receiver. But uh, he's just fast. Well, guess who was exactly what you described and had a solid NFL career? Travis Benjamin. Yeah. It's a faster, bigger Travis Benjamin. Like Schwartz isn't a finished product by any means. Neither was Benjamin. Yeah, but there's the thing. We, he has speed. He has time to develop. Oh, we have Chad O'Shea, who has developed some pretty darn good receivers during his coaching career. Yeah, so we're fine, guys. Julian Edelman. Look at that. Look at what he did with Julian Edelman. He can develop him even as a solid route runner. This guy is going to be just 
terrifying to guard. Yeah. So I'm excited I mean, for Anthony Schwartz. This year, what are you going to have him do? Okay, Schwartz, you're going in. Run a go route. Baker will get you the ball. Okay, coach. Let me turn on the Jets. Boom. Or, might, or what I wouldn't mind him doing is sweeps. that and, hey, you're the fastest guy in the field. Go take this punt return to the house, please. Yeah. I know that's going to be our six-round pick, who we'll get to in a minute, uh, who I'm high on as well. But we'll get to a minute. But Anthony Schwartz runs through. And then you get James Hudson round four, a swing tackle, which is what I was asking for. Beautiful. I mean, James Hudson's a great pick. And if you don't realize this, guys, with Toji going after this, technically you drafted a person from Notre Dame, a person from Michigan, and a person from Ohio State because Hudson started at Michigan. I mean, God, that he just got the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Good for you, Andrew Barry. I mean, this guy, we probably won't see him play this year, but oh, if we no. do, looking down the road, he's replacing Chris Hubbard. This will be exactly. Chris Hubbard's last year if you know if everything pans out with Hudson, which I'm exactly banking it will because Bill Callahan turns linemen into gold. This guy's going to be your swing guy going forward. Perfect pick for the Browns. I loved it. There is no complaints on that pick. Were there other guys I would have liked? Sure. But you want to looking at the pick? It's a perfect fit for the Browns. And it, again, fills a need that they had, which was a swing guy who maybe could start at guard if they were to release, uh, let go of White Teller next year. Yep. I'm just saying it's a great pick for the Browns. You can't go wrong with it. Gotta love it. And then you go Tommy Togiai out of Ohio State. Let's make every Ohio State fan happy, every Browns fan happy. You got a Buckeye. Good for you. Great bull rush defensive tackle. I mean, he's powerful. That's what you need. I mean, look at this. He has an 87.8 run defense grade by PFF and a 77 pass rush grade last year for the Buckeyes. Didn't he have like 40 reps? Of the bench press. I mean, that yeah, just tells you the kind of wrong mf Yes. He's he a good. strong dude. And he, guess what? He gets to learn behind Malik Jackson and Andrew Billings. Like you have. Wow. A- and you've got Jordan Elliott. Oh my gosh. You have a defensive tackle core. Yes. And, oh, and, and, well, and, and we'll get to the undrafted guy we picked up too. Yeah. Does it close the book on Sheldon Richardson? Probably. And yep. it, and if he were to ever come back, guess what? He gets to learn by Sheldon Richardson. How awesome. Not a bad group to learn behind. No. And then you go Tony Fields out of West Virginia, who I like, an undersized athletic linebacker. What have I said we needed? Athletic linebackers. 5-1, get your fat ass out of here. You are donezo. Yep. I want you on the first train out. You don't get a plane, buddy. No, 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 no. Because of how shitty you are, get on the freaking train and get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I mean, for all the Mac Wilson fans out there and like, you know what? I don't say have to say anything bad about Mac Wilson, but the numbers game is coming into mind at linebacker. You have Phillips, you have Taki Taki, you have Malcolm Smith. You now have Fields, you now have JOK. There's five linebackers. There's our five linebackers going into 2021. Mac, I mean, you've been great. The fans love you. You're going to be great as a social media manager down the road. You're just not going to – it's just not going to be with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, it's yeah. 
hopefully you go get a new start with a new team and you find a role and you have a good career. It's just not going to be with Cleveland, unfortunately. Nope, you're done. Goodbye. If you had just done better against Kansas City, maybe you'd still be here. Yep. Ah, too bad. It's like we know you're the problem. Uh, Round five, you get Richard LeCount, who I liked out of Georgia. And apparently he didn't test well because he had a motorcycle accident that messed up. his. They was injured for his pro day. He still went through it because he's a bowler. Yep. He's going to... He's going to start out with special teams. You're going to be the fifth safety behind some really good ones. I mean, and I'm, I mentioned I'm throwing JOK in as a safety as well, but John Johnson, the third. Um, Sheldrick Redwine. Sheldrick, well, Sheldrick Redwine and him are going to compete for that last safety. Exactly. Spot, I, mean, I mean, fine by me. Yeah. Fine by me. Let him fight. This guy was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, was in a talented secondary in Georgia, like, I'm sure the Browns have something in mind for him. They He's do gonna fit in the future because Ronnie Harrison's future is definitely in doubt, especially after he signed with Rosenhaus last week. So yep. LeCount's an interesting pick. It's an interesting pick and one I wasn't going to complain about. And then the last one, he now he was testing as a wide receiver. He was a running back and the mm-hmm. Browns drafted him as such. Demetric Felton, they don't have a receiving threat out of the backfield that's consistent. They've needed this. And from the tape I'm watching, he can line up next to Baker. He can line up in the slot. People are saying he's best as a slot receiver. He can return kicks. He's explosive. There's a play that is on Twitter of him breaking open a 90-yard touchdown on just a simple uh, uh, running back go route. I mean, he just goes right through pass there he cuts to the middle and he's gone he's yeah, just he, gone his route running is fantastic um i know charles davis said on the broadcast yesterday his upside is a debo samuel curtis samuel or debo samuel curtis samuel type slot receiver and that's but, exactly what the browns are lacking in the receiving core yes and you know if he's a running back he'll compete with Dearness johnson for that third running back slash kick returner role so you got a guy that's going to contribute potentially immediately on special teams it was worth the risk in the sixth oh, or seventh yeah. round whatever round the pick this was so i and i'm just gonna say that's all the picks the browns have so far they have signed a few undrafted including marvin wilson who a year ago was mocked in the first round to the browns and they paid him like a sixth round pick much like they did aj green a year ago so that just shows how high the browns are on marvin wilson I had a fourth round grade on him. There you like, go. I had a fourth round grade on this guy. The talents there, the Browns just, they, I mean, I count him as a seventh round pick at this point. Yeah. Like it, it, the way the Browns executed this has been near perfection, near perfection. You filled every single last need you had on this roster. Now go out and, go win the fucking Super Bowl. Go out and just do it. Like, there, I'm not saying there are no more excuses, but now the pieces are in place. Now the pieces are there. Baker, you, you start figuring out this offense. You're working with Jarvis right now. Now go win me a goddamn Super Bowl. Go out there and go win it. Win me the division. Beat the Ravens. You're now built to beat the Ravens. But more importantly, you're building to beat the goddamn Chiefs because... 
I guarantee you that whole locker room still has a bad taste in their mouth knowing they should have walked away with that win. They're building to beat the Chiefs. And this is exactly how you do it. The Browns are built to do this. They're ready to go. So I give them an A plus for this because I'm not even trying to be biased. I asked them to try to fill every single need. I have done countless mock drafts where I felt a position of need wasn't filled, whether it be defensive tackle, whether it be interior swing guard, uh, linebacker, sometimes corner, sometimes a safety. Every single time, I couldn't do it. The only, the, the only acceptable one I felt that you could have passed on was edge. And I, maybe I valued edge too much. And I don't know. The Browns filled every single one except the edge. I have no problems with that. If there's someone someone wants to cut, or maybe they believe in Curtis Weaver that much. And Porter Gustin. And Porter Gustin, that you have a real core. Fine by me. I, I trust you. You filled every other need on this team. Now I think they add there. another corner here coming up in the next couple of weeks, too. Oh, damn. I have three right now that I would go get right now. Casey Hayward, Steven Nelson, or Gary on Conley. Give them a one-year deal. And I go Steven Nelson. I, I would go Steven. Steven Nelson would be the top guy, but Nelson Hayward would and Conley guy. would be. Nelson would be the guy simply because I needed, I need a guy who is over there. I need yeah. a guy that knows how to win the AFC North. He knows how to win the AFC North. Go freaking get Steven Nelson. And he played at Kansas City, so he knows how to win there too. Exactly. So he knows how to win numerous places. So I go get Steven Nelson right now. Oh, for sure. All right, then. So our draft coverage, Jack, it's over. It's all over. Um, next week we're finalizing it. Uh, we are most likely going to have Steven Thomas from the OBR join us. Uh, so we're really, really excited about that to talk about this draft, uh, to talk about the upcoming season. Maybe if he releases a 2022 mock, he and I can have some fun with that shit. That I don't know. Effort. Oh, we're both crazy like that. We're both. Oh crazy. yeah. I seen one like right after the draft last night. I think it was Sam Penix. Shout out to Sam. And I'm like, man, these people are just down bad shit crazy. <laughs> Sam Howell's number one QB on my board. Clovis is uh, number two on my board. Spencer Rattler by default, number three, though the Cincinnati quarterback uh, is very high on my list too. He's becoming more and more intriguing to me. Trevor Sykema from the Draft Network released his first mock, and it had the Browns taking Zach Harrison out of Ohio. Nah, he's going top ten when this is all said and done. He, well, he's going top ten. Can I have a moment to be happy? Because Zach Harrison and Miles Garrett would just be freaky. It would, but he's going top ten. That's fine. I'll enjoy it until September when Zach enjoy Harrison starts it. killing. Enjoy it until September. Yeah. And man, it's, it's going to be a crazy year. And I'm going to tell you, if you want an edge, you go get one next year. It's going to be a deep class along with quarterback. Well, Sam's draft had us taking Tyreek Smith in the second round, which I also wouldn't be disappointed in. Cause fair enough. Well, he'll probably be a team in the teens. You want to just go ahead and tell me that now, Alex, we're not getting a Buckeye edge. Probably for the fifth year in a row. No. <laughs> probably that's okay sorry these guys are gonna have great years this year and probably 
their stocks, their stocks are going to go up. Like Zach Harrison was like the number two prospect. Um, oh, he was a machine coming out of high school. Yeah. Behind uh, the one at Oregon. And I keep blanking on his name. Uh, he was number one. And yeah, th- those two have been like compared against each other this whole time. So that's where they're at. And they have done nothing to sway us otherwise that they are top 10 players in this draft. Right. So it's going to be a good class. Um, I still say uh, Mike Rose out of Iowa State's a first round linebacker simply for my bias going like we are going to get Mike Rose out of Iowa State and bring him home because Braxville kids deserve some love too. Plus he was big 12 defensive player of the year. So am I a little bit biased because I knew the kid? Yes. I'm a little bit biased. Good kid too. Real quick before we go out. Um, are you surprised a Michigan state player did not get drafted? No. That's first time in 80 years. That was crazy. Shakur Brown. Shakur Brown. He would have been the only one. Right. He sucked. He sucked yeah. Last year he did to himself. Yeah. Um, I'm not stunned. Uh, this is a D'Antonio problem that he couldn't recruit five-star kids. Um, and the five-star ones he recruited normally never panned out. Because uh, once he got successful, he started recruiting those five-star kids. And they just had a bunch of problems. Yeah. Mel Tucker's going back to the way things were, which is reclamation projects, uh, three-star developing kids. That's what makes Michigan State the way it is. Yeah. They develop people and they are constantly a team that is competitive every year. I love how one of Michigan's coaches saying, you love to see it go blue. So I had to quote tweet and say, with the score of the game, I said, I'm sorry, losers say what? Shut up and beat someone sometime. That's my mis- message to Michigan. If you're, if you're a Michigan fan celebrating that, that's your victory. God, no oh. wonder why you're Ohio State's bitch. You get the slightest victory over Michigan State, didn't get a guy drafted. Oh, my God, how pathetic have you become? How pathetic can you be? Wow. I I can't. I can't with them. They are terrible fans. Uh, Jack, I'm going to let you uh, wrap this up with a hot take of the week. Do you have one for me? We're going to live through Sunday. So take that, Kyle Shanahan. That's the only thing I can come up with. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, my hot take is going to be JOK is going to be the defensive rookie of the year in 2021. Book it now. Book it. I could see it. He is going to be in that 425 style, one of the linebacker safeties. He is going to be a menace all over the field. He's going to rack up tackles, get a few fumbles, get a few interceptions, and he will be the defensive rookie of the year book it just freaking book it i want to know what the odds are because i'll book it right now i will put a freaking bet on that right now anyways guys um again i'm sorry about the beginning of the show i had to get out um i hope you guys can forgive me uh we are going to fulfill our obligations for right now um we're talking about in june ish we are probably going to slow down from every week to every other week. 
Um, I want to give everyone a heads up on that now. It's not the fact that, you know, we don't want to do every week. It's more so a fact that we want to make sure that one, I get the help I need. Um, but number two, I don't want us to get burned out and overuse everything because it's going to get slow here. So we might do every other week just to make sure we're following up on stuff, uh, talking about things. They may not be as long of shows, but we still plan to produce content for you guys. So again, just giving everybody a heads up. We're going to go through this month. We do have a few guests we're lining up. I'm really, really excited about one of them who said they will do it. Uh, I can't believe uh, the potential man behind the curtain is willing to come on the top dogs. I am stunned. So I did not think I was worthy of that. So thank you. Uh, or we were worthy of that. <laughs> so FYI, JOK's uh, plus 750 to win defensive rookie of the year. $100 right now. And Greg Newsom's plus 3,300. So, and I don't bet on corners to win rookie of the year. That, that, that's fine. Uh, anyways, uh, you can follow me at the CLE Sports Guy. You can follow Jack at Jack McCurry08. And we will talk to you guys next week, hopefully, with a very special guest. So, we'll see you next week. We are out.